Pen pals. I'm gonna hit the mark. Pen pals. <laughs> Pen pals. <laughs> Welcome to 405 in the morning. It's your host. Do you think you could sincerely run a popular podcast with our demographic with those voices? Welcome to the Sad Boys on 103.10 Sad. I'm your host, Jarvis the Douche. I'm Ding Dong Billy Bob. Winning. Uh, 547.fm. <laughs> <laughs> this is like all of the like affectation in the voice. It's so funny. I, I have that reference in my mind. I have that voice. And for the life of me, I don't think I've ever listened to an actual show like that. Yeah, I know. I don't think they... They must exist. They right? do exist. They I, I've heard exist. them for sure. Welcome back to 547FM, Bing Bong and the Wiz. It's the Wiz here at 504 Forgot the Number FM. This is the radio station where we talk about feelings. With a couple of sounds. And then you'll play, like, boop. Yeah, and just, like, a lot of, like, brr, 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 and then, like, uh, like a, oh, my God. Whoa. And you're sure that this will increase listenership? I think that our demographic is, like, a big fan of the radio. Mm. Predominantly suburban dads, yeah. Right. No, wait. Um, millennials, they're not into the radio anymore? Oh, uh, wait, we, we didn't think this through. Oh, God, we don't have much tape left. We're just going to have to keep this as the opening. Yeah, oh, we do God. record on tape. Oh crap! Okay, that's fine. Right. We'll stick with it. We'll just uh, yeah, we could just do uh, like sing some of the old eight track sounds. I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> just that was Michael Jackson on Bing Bong and the Wiz. <laughs> he's back. Five forty seven dot FM. <laughs> I can't believe he's alive. That was live in the studio. That was him. Welcome to Sad Boys, a podcast about feelings and other things. Also, I'm Jarvis, and I'm Jordan, the newspaper boy. Cope. The new, what's the news? The news is that today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Whoa. I'm bringing a mailbag, Jarvis. I got a big old bag of pen pals you just do. for you. Wow. You have a bunch of physical mail. Did you? Now, hold on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a bag of mail, and it, it looks like you hand transcribed With crayon, yeah. emails that people sent us just so that you could put them into a mailbag. Correct. So that I may read them. I see. Because you couldn't read them from your computer oh see that would have worked as well oh this is embarrassing oh but you do you like the drawings that i did too because i did a couple let me just get a um let me just where where did i put them yeah yeah what Uh, do you think it's you i well um it's pretty indecipherable um but the hair take a look at that yeah yeah he's bald Uh um no hair just normal stick figure yep uh but look what it says underneath um my best friend Uh uh-huh yeah so, and now you say... Today, we have a very special episode. We're okay. going to be doing Pen Pals. Yeah, sure. I mean, why not? I mean, we're here with the microphone, so... It's a mailbag episode. It's so, a mailbag episode. So, we have gotten a lot of Pen Pals submissions from you all, and we thought it would be fun if we just took the, uh, the topic section of an episode and answered a bunch of them. Caught up on a little bit of our correspondence. Jarvis, I've never listened to Sad Boys before because why would I? This is my first episode. What the hell is a pen pal? Well, Jordan, I'm glad you asked. Pen Pals is a segment that we do every week on our show where we hear from our listeners. Well, how do they do that, though? That doesn't make sense. They- I can't see any of them. Um, I'm looking, Jarvis. I'm looking for listeners. Well, they've sent us emails and tweets and DMs. <gasps> Whoa. Wh- how, how do Audio that? messages. They send us messages via sadboyspod at gmail.com. They send us messages via Twitter at sadboyspod. They send us messages, I don't know, just like 
cosmically, right? Yeah. Sort of through our third vibes. eye. <laughs> yeah, that we share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We each have half of a third we eye. We each have half of a third eye, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry, no. We just have two eyes each, and we stand together and say it's a third. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that does sound like what we actually do. And they've also submitted them via our brand new website, sadboyspod.com. Yeah, I don't think there's ever been two human beings as excited as we are to receive a contact form submission. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that the contact us page on sadboyspod.com is the only time anyone has ever submitted a contact us form. <laughs> I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I think a server somewhere in the uh, like in the White House covered in dust just yeah, started yeah. spinning up. It's like the brave little toaster. It's Joey. Joey, are you still there? And he's like, I haven't heard that name in 40 years. We've received a new contact form submission. It hurts. (laughs) I'm going to try and whir up my processors for you. New submission. We've heard you far and wide, and today we're just going to talk to you a bit. We're catching up. We're diving in. So, uh, Jarvis, you haven't heard some of these. I believe we've, uh, I should explain, in some cases we have chatted with the person back and forth, and I just wanted to share their message as they requested we talk about certain things or they requested that we share things with the audience. In other cases, these are messages you haven't seen at all. Right. So these are the fresh Jarvis eyes on a few of these. Yeah, and this is like many episodes of Sad Boys, an experiment because we really like to engage the community and try out different you know, formats for the show. Yeah, and we're fortunate enough now to actually be receiving quite a few messages. So we thought it would be a good opportunity to just dive in, clean out the mailbox a little bit, hang with our buddies. But before we do exactly that, Jarvis, you know what time it is. Um, 5.12 p.m.? Yep. Cool. No follow-ups. All right. <laughs> All right. No, Jarvis, come on, man. You know what time it is. It's time for a little bit of talking about the week. Okay. We always talk about our week. Yeah. I don't, maybe we don't this time. I mean, do you want to know about my week, you know? I mean, you asked me, and now you're now you're already sad that I my asked week? you about your week. Well, it was an interesting no. week for me. I- <laughs> That's not how, okay. I'll go, I'll go first. We were talking about that uh, a couple of days ago. Maybe it was on the episode, maybe it wasn't. But we were talking about how uh, in a Kanye song, he specifically posits that somebody's calling him an asshole when nobody was yeah and now a lot of people are oh yeah <laughs> yeah so for so for context in a song uh Kanye west has a conversation with himself where he says he persecutes himself <laughs> where, where he's like you can kiss my whole ass more specifically you can kiss my asshole and it's like Kanye, <laughs> no one was asked when you said kiss my whole ass no one said uh, but Kanye specifically where? I mean, I certainly reduced my anxiety. <laughs> it's like, there's so many choices. Though. Yeah, like, yeah, there spe- are. More specifically, I got out a notepad. But now, you know, Kanye's in the news again and for not a good reason. Uh, yeah, Kanye did a bad thing. Kanye said some bad stuff that we won't get into today. Yeah, we're not going to talk about what he said, but it, we don't support it. And he's done bad. And I've unfollowed him on Twitter. Uh, but we would gladly talk about it if he wanted to DM us <laughs> to talk about it in detail. We can be the final authority on that. Yes, give us a show i would still have him on the show i would have him on the show mostly because grill him uh yeah yeah set him straight like a a nice pair of dads that's what you i mean it's like when you have um when you have family members who go completely off the deep end politically it it, it feels like it's the moral imperative is to sit down with them and try to explain your explain where you're coming from and why they might be crazy yeah anthony fantano famous internet melon said that he is not left-wing or right-wing, he's just Kanye-wing. This is just a tactful move on his part to get press before his next single drops. It's just an interesting thing to say. Yeah, he's so, like, narcissistic and self-serving that nothing is sacred to him. And he, he doesn't have perspective. I have this weird complex, and I wonder if you do as well, 
Complex where, Magazine? Yeah, I have this weird issue of Complex Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about Yeezy and his relationship with Donald J. Um, no, I have this, this weird complex when it comes to the way I perceive celebrities, especially musicians that I have or will or currently admire, where I assume that they're also well-adjusted people. Yeah. Like, well, you're famous and talented, so you're probably also informed. No. No. If you've been famous for the last 10 years, you haven't learned anything in the last 10 years. You've yeah. been in a bubble for a decade. You haven't had anyone challenging you or... Yeah, calling you out on your shit. The world is a cartoon. Nothing yeah. is real. Everything is fabricated. You are just a part of an ongoing fabrication machine. Yeah. He's not right wing. He's nothing. He's just mad. Yeah. He. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, he just like lacks self-awareness. Yeah. Um, so that was the Kanye minute. I feel like that's affecting both of our weeks. <laughs> yeah, that was our week. Yeah, yeah The Kanye yeah. minute. Other than that. Um, Westgate. Other than that, my week has been good. Uh, felt very productive um, at work, which is cool. You think of a source for that, or just out of nowhere? Uh, it's mostly it's mostly just like taking on new responsibilities at work and and finally coming out of a transition and into more action. Yeah, I mean, you've talked about it on video. Yeah, you are transitioning to more of a managerial role. That is correct. Yeah, so uh, it just. Um, not to spend much time on it because it's not, like not something I uh, will be discussing too much in my content on the internet. But um, transition is going well, and I'm like finding my footing, um, and I'm excited about um, ways I can contribute. So that's just been feeling good because you, you know, when you feel like you're contributing at work, mm-hmm. it's like a good. It's a I've good heard about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me myself um, has not. I've not experienced it, but I've heard yeah, that it's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and other than that, uh, some YouTube stuff has been going well, though today. I am having quite a bit of like writer's blockiness and like feeling a little bit off kilter. Uh, when was the last time you were able to get into flow, creative flow state? Um, probably probably last week working on um, my last YouTube video. And it's just been a little bit of a flow deficit since then? Well, I don't get a chance to work on creative stuff every single day. Um, so it's really just I haven't sat down to write in a week and i sat down to write today and it like just wasn't flowing yeah i feel you yeah, yeah yeah and so that's that's a bit of a bummer and then that kind of um i will get i will put like a pressure on myself where i feel like i've given myself this window of time um and it's the weekend and i need to produce sure and i'm like and i get anxious because i'm like saturday is drawing to a close and i haven't produced anything yet we were, we were chatting actually uh, last night just before we, we were recording on a Saturday afternoon. Um, we were chatting on Friday about how some really positive things have been happening uh, with your creative projects lately, but your expectations of yourself are always 1% above the positive things that happen to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right now you're in a position where you're creating, uh, for a long time you're producing two videos a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, at the very least producing one video a week. And, and, and the thing is, even when I started producing one video a week, it wasn't a thing that I was doing permanently. It was just like, oh, hey, I've managed to produce one video a week. Before that, it was like a video every two weeks, a yeah. video like here and there every month. <laughs> but that that uh, attaining that goal is always one notch less impressive than your body needs it to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Jarvis from two months ago is in awe of what's happening right now. And the Jarvis of yesterday is like, tick tock tick. Where where's the next video, my dude? Come on, baby, block unblock that block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's uh that's basically my week up till up till today. I went to uh, a cafe with uh, uh some of our friends to get some writing done. I didn't do any writing, but I definitely like am getting on onto the path of of 
formulating some ideas. Worked a couple shifts at the cafe. Yeah. <laughs> Tr- try and unblock it. Try and get in the mindset. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. You're writing a screenplay about a barista. <laughs> it's true. Have you ever written a screenplay? Uh, I have not. Never written a screenplay. You ever think about it? You know, as I get more into creating things now, I feel... I used to feel so... Like, you know, it's it's funny that I'm talking about my writer's block of Saturday. Uh, and it's like, I'll feel this every now and again, right? But at the end of the day, my I'm trending towards producing a lot. Yeah. And that is a very new thing for me. And I feel unlocked generally about my ability to create things. And this is a far cry from where I used to be in my life where... I was afraid of putting anything out there for public consumption and that that kind of dampened my my creativity. I've recently been thinking about like would I ever write a book? Would I ever mm. write a screenplay? And it feels like I would. I don't think I I'm kind of one track mind when it comes to uh it comes to these things like I really want to crack YouTube and I really want to like sort of squeeze that sponge right now because uh that's what's in front of me and that's what feels available to me. Because that's a wet sponge right now. Yeah. Yeah. And Something like, worth squeezing. But down the line, exactly. And down the line, I now am someone who can actually like complete a project and I know that about myself and, and that didn't always used to be the case and um, who knows what the future holds. So yeah, basically I've given myself these unrealistic expectations and then when I fall below them, I start to get really down on myself and feeling like I'm a failure and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and that is not true, but you know, it's like sort of the brain versus... It's like the logical brain versus the monkey brain. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the problem with intuitive sadness, right? Yeah. Because if, if you feel like there's something actionable you could do to fix or resolve the issue you're struggling with, then it, and then if you're not doing it, you at least feel like, well, I get why I feel down because I'm yeah, not taking yeah, yeah. action. Whereas you're going to a cafe, you're opening your laptop, you're sitting there, you're drinking caffeine, you're putting the resources in, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's just not paying back in yeah, a way yeah, it normally yeah. does. And it still does pay back more on average than it used to and totally it's like it's this is a part of the process and i just have to like weather the storm and the last thing is that it's our birthdays exactly a week from now. it is our one birthday it is our one birthday of may 5th next saturday and um we're going on a little trip yeah we are celebrating cinco de mayo slash birth of the boys <laughs> birth birth of the boy <laughs> birth of the boy um, on uh, Saturday, May 5th. And just before that, we're going to be heading to LA to see some friends of ours, to do some stuff, maybe record some eppies. Yeah. So that'll be fun. I'm look- really looking forward to that. So a little peek behind the curtain. We took like a two-minute break as I took a phone call in between talking about our weeks. And uh, I just want to talk about something that made my week right now. Oh, shit. Uh, live week update. Okay. No, Now, Jordan, tell me, how was your week? Well, I just had a phone call with a man named Kevin. Kevin works at UPS. Because uh, I don't know if anybody's noticed this. Um, mail's bad. <laughs> mail is bad. There is like no institution. Not to be confused with mail bag. Mail which bag. This, is, this episode is one. This is the mail bad episode. Yes. Mail, like, especially in the US, at least in my experience, there's no institution that is just as often not functional. And yeah. everybody's okay with it. The number of times yeah, yeah, I've had yeah. this debate and people have been like, oh, well, that's just what happens with the mail. If you went to Starbucks yeah. and you ordered a coffee and then 15 minutes later they went, oh, we just didn't make it. Yeah, it's like, oh, hey, boss, uh, I was uh, looking for my paycheck this week. It's like, oh, you you know how that works. Like sometimes you don't get paid. So it doesn't turn up. And then I complain about it and somebody goes like, oh, come on, that's just the mail. Yeah, don't, what, what did you expect it to be? A hundred percent there, but yeah, I uh, my I was getting some technology fixed, and the refurbished version is on its way, and has been for multiple weeks. And I just checked my tracking order, and it said it should have arrived like yesterday, so I was all peeved. Right. Um. So my nice friend Kevin gave me a call, 
after I submitted a ticket. What a dude. Yeah? Esoteric fella, Kevin. Cool. Uh, I only had two minutes with him, but one of the first things he said as soon as I answered the phone and was like, uh, yeah, Jordan speaking, uh, would love to pick up the package, happy to go there. He suddenly just stops the conversation, which I assume is being recorded because this is customer service. And yeah, he just goes, yeah. oh, hey, have you uh, had a conversation like this in like the last few weeks? I just recognize your voice. And Weird. I just said to myself, okay, Kevin, so no. <laughs> Also, huh? Don't say that to a human. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe he listens to the pod. Oh, that must be it. I yeah, hope so. Yeah. That would be great. Um, he seemed very nice, and I wish you no ill will, Kevin. Uh, but I really, really hope you can get me my package. Uh, outside of that, my week was pretty active. Yeah? Uh, it's been kind of a hardcore week work-wise, but uh, as a result, I've been able to take a little bit of that surplus energy, that restfulness or restlessness that I get when I get home when everything's very active, and put it into some creative projects of my own. I've been doing a ton of good music. That is awesome, my dude. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, I do music stuff as a hobby. I've never really released it or publicized it or, or shared it with anybody. But on Friday, because uh, there is some parties that I wanted to share the music with and see what they thought of it, I shared it with a few people that I work with. Now, that's how that's how music typically gets shared. Um, there are parties that operate yeah, as, like sorry. A, as, a, as a unit. A house party. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a house party. And then and then Jordan shops his music around at a house party. <laughs> and says, Please, sir, will you play my music at your house party? We do the same thing with the podcast. We'll go right. to house parties that we aren't invited to. We'll put it on the Spotify playlist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll pop up and people will be like, okay, I was jamming, but now I'm thinking. Yeah, 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 it's true. Now I'm laughing. Huh, I'm actually having fun with my friends. These boys are <laughs> relatable. Do I even really need to go to a party? This is what people are saying out loud at the party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all, they're all singing in unison in some like weird, like dystopian way. <laughs> this is very funny. <laughs> I don't, I don't need, need to, to be, be at, at the, the party, party anymore. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds something like that. Spooktacular. Uh, yeah, otherwise pretty uneventful, to be totally honest with you. I will say, though, got a little update uh, on our last epi. Yeah? Uh, two quick thoughts. One, one thing I didn't really talk about in the episode, which had cropped up during the episode in my brain, right? is that we... Uh, one of the most valuable things I think people get out of a relationship, completely independently of any sexual component or even like traditional relationship values. Last episode was on dating, by the way, with her friend dating. Elizabeth. Dating and love with the love guru, Elizabeth. Yes. Um, one of the most valuable things that I feel I've gotten out of relationships, both uh, romantic and platonic, yeah. is being witnessed. Does that make sense? Like having somebody that is a witness to the moments in your life that you find valuable and can contextualize them. Right, like sharing a life with somebody. That's exactly right. Or like, but the reason I bring this up is that I think in many ways we not actually like a, serve... not like a witness, like Your Honor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just in case Jordan you ever did do a crime, have a hot dog. <laughs> sorry, I meant an alibi. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> One of the best things about a relationship <laughs> is having a false alibi. Having a false alibi. Uh, but no, I think we actually solve that problem for one another in a lot of ways. Because the other day we were texting. We do this quite often. Something eventful or interesting will happen in our lives, usually related to creative projects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we will just send each other a screenshot or like a yeah. a like candid breakdown of what is going on. It'll be like, hey, this thing happened and you're doing this. And then you'll text me back and go like, and you're achieving this while being this. And it's yeah, just like, yeah, that's yeah. what witnessing that is, is. That is really nice. You know, I wanted to say that I really appreciate that we have that. Yeah, it's super valuable. Because I like will sometimes send that to other friends, but there's a guilt with it where it feels like I'm showing off or something. Mm -hmm. And and that isn't what it is. It's that I want to share what's going on in my life with the people I care about. You know? Yeah, it's sincerely exciting. And if I may say to any of our friends that actually listen, you're more than welcome to do the same with me. Yeah. I like when people send me like, 
I have achieved thing I was going after or why part of my life changed in a way for the better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's fucking rad. I agree. I agree. So our last episode was on dating and Jordan, I don't want to put you on the spot. Uh. But when we met up about an hour ago. For a date, yeah. You told me that you had just finished a great date. I just finished is an interesting way of phrasing it. Like we got to the end of the date and I went, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> I am satiated. <laughs> yeah, you, you had just, uh, uh, you just wrapped up your date. All done with love. <laughs> yeah, that's the end. Yeah, I had a uh, really great date. And the reason I mention it is not necessarily because I think, uh, not necessarily because I'll come like the next episode going like, I'm engaged, big news, I'm changing. The thing that just fired me up was I don't think I've had a really exciting date for months. Well, that's what struck me is because a lot of what we talked about with you in the last episode about dating is that it is very hard for you to get excited in that context. Yeah. Um, We've mentioned this a few times on various episodes, but especially on the dating episode. One thing that we both find very attractive and enticing, both in platonic and relationship sense, is being challenged. Kind of the premise of this podcast in some senses, but it's also uh, the network we surround ourselves with in our friend group quite often incorporates people that will challenge us on certain aspects of our lives. Right. And what I've been finding for the longest time, for a million reasons, but it's also just my personality type, I find that I tend to end up dating people, be it just one time, two times, or in a relationship, where I'm not getting a lot of pushback. Yeah. And that's actually not that exciting to me. You date people who might be averse to a conflict. Correct. And sometimes that can just manifest itself in like a lack of these candid conversations. Yeah, which I get really psyched up about. And and obviously there's it's it's an important part of that dialogue is balancing the line between being candid and being obnoxious. Right. Because those are cousins and it's very easy to go the wrong direction. Yes. But in this particular case and uh, with many of my closest friends, this was just a... This person was really fucking funny. That was the thing that stood out to me. I was like, oh, hell yeah. This person is quick on their feet and challenging my wit. And that's the thing. Challenge in general is not always valuable. Like if I just walk up to you and I'm like, hey, Jarvis, not a big fan of the way you are. Yeah. I don't like your cooking. I'm like, oh, I don't. Okay. Right. Well, it's like, I'm not trying sad. to be a cook. Like, who are, why did you just, why that come out of the blue? Whereas I want to be funnier. I always want to get funnier. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a thing we value. And yeah, to meet yeah, somebody yeah. else that is funnier in some ways than me and right, I'm funnier right. than them in other ways and getting to have that dialogue and be in a cauldron together yeah, yeah, yeah. was actually really exciting and I, if I never saw them again that wouldn't devalue that but I guess what I'm trying to say is that was the first time in a long time where I had a date that itself was valuable yeah. independent of where it may lead I like that I think that I think that there's a lot of that lying dormant in the world for you to experience and it doesn't have to be you know with a person who like you said you continue to date mm. yet even that interaction in isolation is is valuable who knows maybe we'll keep dating the big factor right now is just how rich she is which is a thing for me most mm, of the time interesting yeah i like to know how much cash they have yeah yeah because yeah. why oh, else I am i getting into like it? um like 80 percent cacao yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah she's, she's a very deep dark chocolate <laughs> um <laughs> so going back real quick um we'll get to our topic shortly going back to it mattering that they're they're funny I think mm. that that could possibly come off to some as like, oh, they need the superficial quality or whatever that that you that you value. And it's, oh, not, oh I'm not funny, so I'm not going to find somebody to date. This is more like a tempo, like a, yeah. you're like you're you you operate on this tempo. And very similarly to how not every 
song is the same beats per minute or can like mash up very easily in the sure. same way. Like if you overlaid the songs, like you might just be out of sync with one another and it sounds like trash. And that's not a statement of value or an indictment on either song. Yeah, they exactly. They just don't. Yeah, 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 exactly. They're just different songs. Yeah. Like uh, Africa by Toto and 99 Problems by Jay-Z. Now, that- Sorry, excuse you. <laughs> <laughs> I have a million dollar idea to get to. <laughs> I was like, no, these, these songs are very different. And when you overlay them, uh wait <laughs> okay this might <laughs> okay. all right i'm i got my evening project sorted i might i might be a musical genius um yeah i mean i've always sort of it, it, to bring it to another weirdly audio example it feels a little like sine waves right yeah like i'm not passing judgment by saying that somebody is or is not funny especially if it's not a thing that they value like other people might value business acumen i don't think my business acumen's amazing right, right, right? right. i also don't think my color skills are amazing these are all just things that people may or may not value and will value being challenged on and growing with somebody in relation to and when i hang out with somebody funnier than me it is just a rush of adrenaline yeah yeah, yeah. it's so much more so than basically anything else yeah yeah yeah. um another thing that it makes me think of is um i'm probably going to screw up this example but i believe in hamlet there are these two characters uh rosencrantz and guildenstern um and they have this like buddy uh like not quite dumb and dumber like relationship or like stu- three stooges type relationship but their whole thing is that they like play like word tennis back and forth with one another um and i i i always think of this like there is a certain cadence and tempo to like a conversation when you're riffing with someone yeah and when it's clicking and i think that this is like where the show even comes from is like we can volley the ball back and forth and kind of know that if I serve you something, you're going to be able to hit the ball back over the net. Yeah, with me. relative ease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, like, a, in a way that also energizes you. And that just means that we're like on the same frequency, right? And that, as I mentioned on the dating episode, has been a huge pain point for me, is often feeling like I'm either volleying and they're not hitting back or i'm volleying and then i'm running to their side of the net to knock it back like the flash and yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that is so exhausting yeah, yeah yeah and it's like it's not even like a good at tennis bad at tennis thing because like in tennis the goal is to like get the person not to be able to return your thing and the goal of a conversation is to be playing at such a the, the goal of a conversation is to never let the ball fall out of yeah it's to have a perfect volley that both of you enjoy yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just endlessly right so um the ultimate game of tennis <laughs> where both of... players die of old age yeah it's like that game of uh uh that the longest game of tennis that that was like happened a few years ago between John Isner and Nicholas Mahout. Good lord! Uh, <laughs> what a pull! That's a literary reference and a sports reference in like five minutes. I we're going to be on WNYC. I'm, I'm a weird person. <laughs> I, I, the <laughs> things that I find interesting in the world are like all over the place. <laughs> um, but yeah. So um, without further ado, uh, much ado about nothing. nothing. Jesus, <laughs> that's three. We've done it. Oh my god, Ira Glass is knocking on my door. He's ready for <laughs> He's us to join him. He's knocking on me glass. I'm <laughs> 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 on eye glass. <laughs> We're doing some pen pals today. We're doing some pen pals. There's no getting around it. I'm going to kick it off with a pretty spicy one. Okay. You ready to get spicy? I'm ready to get spicy. Andre Dixon at Ben Forever. That's B-E-N-F-O-R-E-V-A. In no way is Ben a part of his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hold on. Andre Dixon 
at Ben Forever. <laughs> forever. Yeah. Maybe it's just um, a friend. <laughs> that's uh, that reminds me of my my screen name, which is Jarvis Johnson at Can Rules. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he says, uh, "What's the Sad Boys email?" Oh, <laughs> well, this is so embarrassing. Can we just said it, dude? Um, we, Andre, we said it like a right, few minutes it's, ago. Uh, it's Derek for life at gmail.com. <laughs> of course, owned by a man named Steve. <laughs> yeah, um, that would be sadboyspod at gmail.com. All right. Well, now that we know that, we can read some stuff that was submitted. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for the clarification. Alrighty. With that locked down, we have a nice man named Eric Johnson. Okay. No At- relation. <laughs> no relation uh, to to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jarvis Forever, as my Twitter handle goes. Right. And now his name is Eric Johnson. Correct. His Twitter handle is my name is Amy. Well, his Twitter handle again does not really reflect his name. Maybe, is this just our demo? His Twitter handle is. RCTBS. <laughs> like, I think it might be a Russian bot. <laughs> it's a randomly generated it's, name. It's about time. Uh, Eric Johnson, aka at RCTBS, says, Hey boys, I stumble upon you due to YouTube somehow. Whoa, back up and say that phrase again. That was rhythmic as all hell. I stumbled upon you due to YouTube. Ooh. Yeah. Maybe this goes in our Toto mashup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey boys, I stumbled upon you due to YouTube somehow gathered enough information about me. What? <laughs> I, oh, 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 no. YouTube gathered enough information about him ah, ha, 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 to yes. recommend one of my videos. Hey, boys. I stumbled upon you due to YouTube somehow gathered enough information about me, being Eric, a.k.a. at RCTVS, uh, to recommend me a Jarvis's channel. So sorry to hear that, Eric. Uh, you're a sport for watching some of those videos. They are not good. Jarvis, what's your YouTube channel? How do you get there? Um, it's... Uh... The one with the shitty videos? Yeah, uh, the name is Bill's YouTube channel. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> <laughs> now, that would be uh, Jarvis Johnson on YouTube, youtube.com slash Jarvis Johnson. Uh, I have been listening through every episode available on Spotify's podcast library, and I really enjoy your work. Wow. Thank you, Eric. Uh, for what it matters, for what it matters, it makes my slow days at work waiting for uni go almost as fast, and when I'm listening to Harry Potter... Christ, I relate to that. Yeah, I relate to that so much. Knowing that it's on the horizon and just needing to burn time. Oh my God. I listen to so many podcasts like to get through days. Yeah. So many. Especially when you're in what I would call like a holding pattern. Yeah. Like I don't know what Eric does for work, but I assume that since he's waiting for uni, it is not like a career job. This is a right, right. You know, uh, financially motivated stakeholder yeah, yeah, yeah. until the day comes. I, I just remember like, yeah, when I was a senior in high school and just like, or even when I was in college, there was so much escapism in podcasting to like hear about lives that were yeah. like completely different than mine or even like that were beyond this horizon that I was going to one day. Yeah, enter, especially know? if they're even like tangentially on the same path. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there really is no path into a lot of those podcast places. But yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, I was obsessed with the idea. I used to listen to a lot of, and still do actually, listen to a lot of Comedy Button, uh, which yeah. is a podcast starring a number of uh, folks in SF. And is honestly largely responsible for me falling in love with San Francisco. Right. Just the idea of San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, well, if I continue working for Patreon and then I move there, perhaps I'll be a comedy button one day. You yeah, know, it's yeah, like yeah. that exact path. No, that's, oh my God, there's so much. Like I, uh, I, one of the podcasts that I listened to earliest um, was a podcast called Geek Nights that uh, was the one that introduced me to computer science, but I started going to conventions like PAX East I went to because I heard about it on Geek Nights. Right. And I was like, and the, the guys who did the 
podcast we're going to do a panel there and then i like actually got to like meet them and it was just like so real like it was just so weird to see that my worlds were colliding a little bit like just just that these people who i i listened to uh when i was trying to get through my days as a high school student um were actually in real life were actually real life people yeah and, and yeah i glorified san francisco and new york like much of in LA, you know, oh, through yeah. listening to podcasts. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Eric continues, sorry, aka RCTBS continues. I noticed you mentioned that you wanted people to write into the podcast, but I don't really know how to express what I have to say. Let me say, Eric, you did a great job. Yeah. So I've far, read so this good. whole damn thing and you kicked ass. I've just gone through the hardest year of my life and experienced everything from relatives dying to an excruciated, outdrawn breakup full of lying and cheating, which left me just blown out of feelings and a sense of detachment. Wow. That stinks, my man. That does suck. I am sorry for that. Yeah, sorry for your losses as well. This had me take a break from my CS studies due to falling grades and led me into bad habits of gaining weight, ruining relationships, and just digging myself into an even deeper hole. As a start of, as of the start of 2018, however, I have worked hard to get myself back closer to who I wish to be and also to the life I want to have. Therefore, I'm currently working full-time to survive and wait until I continue my CS studies this fall and get myself another shot at life. Hell to the yes, Eric. Eric. Sounds like that RCTBS might stand for really cool to be soon <laughs> to be to be soon <laughs> really cool to be socially active really cool to be successful yeah that's eric really cool to be successful that's your new name buddy maybe change it on twitter it's up to you um sad briet i found what you guys said about feeling when the dips hit not going as low and not staying as low for long really interesting and super important for us who deal with it therefore as a listener i would love if you could talk about the subject again in the future and continue on maybe how you got to the point where you are now when it comes to fighting depression and anything else that could help along the way ho 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 well thank you very much eric for sharing your story it sounds like you're doing the right thing now uh and we wish you the best of luck and we also had nothing to do with it my dude you are a, a tough son of a gun yeah you are really cool to be soon Yes, really cool to be successful. Yeah, sorry, that was the one. <laughs> um, so one strategy that has been helpful for me is that, so I talked about this a little bit on our depression episode, but I read a uh, book on cognitive behavioral therapy and it gave me a lot of tools for dealing with my, uh, with my lows. Mm. And most of what those tools boil down to is identifying why you're feeling the way you're feeling and contextualizing it because if you can identify the things that are causing your current valley mm -hmm. um and especially if you can look at them and, and call them out as like oh this is the thing that somebody wrote down in a book as like a, a logical fallacy or this is exactly the thing that happened last time you just get better equipped at understanding what's happening and it feels more in your control even if you can't just be happy like at the like snap of your fingers. In gaining those tools, I kind of equate to a safety net that you can just catch yourself at, as you're falling and over time increase your reaction time to like casting that sure, safety yeah. net so that you just don't fall 
as uh, as low. And with every experience, you do gain, like a video game, experience points. You are gaining a frame of reference for previous times this has happened. You get more reference points for, okay, well, last time this happened, this exact series of events took place, and it led me to this place. I did these things, and within 48 hours, X happened. Right. Now, it doesn't mean that you immediately feel better because you know it's going to get better. That's one of the frustrating things about being in right, a right, right. place. You feel like it should be better because you know it will, but yeah, then it yeah. doesn't. Uh, but it, knowing that you have those tools in place can actually be comforting in and of themselves. Yes. And you want to be able to accept yourself because like even when like I don't feel great right now, but you look uh, bad. Say what? You look bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I look horrible. No. Uh, but so I don't even feel great today. I actually feel like kind of bad. But because I know I need to carry on, I've developed the ability to carry myself forward and, and try to weather the storm while continuing to be functional and accepting uh, myself that even though I've made all of this progress, I'm still going to have to spend this time feeling this way. Yeah. Uh, the thing you get by being better at this is not not getting depressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And true. not not slowing down, not not being fuzzy. It's just gaining a better... Uh, suite of tools for dealing with those when they occur exactly and and i think it's i think it's two-pronged i think there's the side the suite of tools that that mend your wounds um faster and more efficiently uh so yeah using fewer resources to get back to normal and maybe taking less time and then there's the aspect of like not even getting there in the first place not even getting wounded in the first place like so, preventative measures exactly and so some of that would be like catching negative thought spirals before they before they reach a certain point like if you have a negative thought about yourself that can eventually spiral into like the depths of like i can't leave bed yeah then then catching yourself when you say the first negative thing about yourself and like seeing where it's going and going nope let me reverse that because i see this like nefarious intent that my brain had when it was like going to that place and then there's the other side uh, and it's unavoidable to be in these places. So it's like, okay, I'm here now. How do I nurse myself back to health? Mm. And how do I better equip myself next time to know that that's even feasible? And it's a learning experience, right? Yeah. And dude, we haven't figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm working on it every day. Yeah. It took me like 10 minutes just to figure out what to say. <laughs> yeah. We're chewing, we're chewing a little slow today. The yeah, boys yeah. are on, on uh, not on their full grind and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, I do genuinely to be candid just about like the relationship we have with our audience. I've done various podcasts in the past and various creative projects in the past and I'm working on projects right now as are you. Right. But I don't think I've ever been in a position where I can be like more trusting of the version of myself that I present in X thing. Like we've walked away from episodes where I'm like, yes, that's Jordan Cope and I'm glad he got on a microphone. Yeah. And I've walked away from other episodes and I'm like, wow, what a mess. I, I wasn't very expressive. I was com completely inarticulate and the point I wanted to get across didn't translate. Right. And one of two things happens. One, people are glob onto the things that were valuable and express those and it makes me feel better. Yeah. Or two, they got it anyway. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. we have a very intuitive and uh, forgiving audience and I think that's very fortunate. We don't, we, I don't want to take that for granted. But I also, uh, and I, I don't want to take that for granted either, but I also want to say that we're pretty hard on ourselves. Yeah. Um, and oftentimes we uh, do this thing um, which is unfair and so uh, it's unfair to do to yourself but it's a natural thing and a lot of people who do um creative projects and stuff feel this way which is you compare um the execution to the intention yeah so if jordan says something uh and it doesn't come out right it comes out fine to me because i didn't know what his intent was right and the frustration on his side might come from the 
might come from the um might come from the disparity between the execution and the intention and not from what was actually the value of what was actually said to begin with and i think when you will text me and say hey i like didn't feel like i was on that episode that's projecting like a feeling and uh an expectation for yourself and not actually the manifestation of what happened yeah that's exactly right um so like when i yeah and i'm the same way like when i feel bad i think that um i think that it had like a huge impact on my ability to execute when in reality uh, a lot of my execution is coming from muscle memory and instinct and stuff and i'm really just saying i feel bad and thus everything that i did while i felt bad should be bad <laughs> you know Dude, great message eric you just made like a whole sad boys episode out of yeah. that message Thanks, yeah. dude. And you're going to do some amazing things. And you should DM us when other things happen in your life. And you should let us know when you're going to college because I'm jazzed. You son of a b- All right. So we got one from Seth Kaplan. He says, my name is Seth and I am a sophomore computer science student in Massachusetts. I've been loving the podcast since episode one. And I wanted to reach out and ask some advice. <gasps> this past February, I landed my first ever internship doing full stack Java development for a software security company in Boston. And I'm super excited. I've been thinking about making a YouTube channel for a while and making videos about being a computer science student, my internship journey, music, fashion, etc. The problem is, I feel like I'll look like an idiot and be wicked cringy on camera, and I'm not sure, and I'm not sure there's a market for what I'd like to create or if anyone would find it interesting. How do you bo- how do you both get past these mental barriers when creating something? Do you ever find yourself having a hard time putting yourself out there online? Hope you're both having a lovely week. And I'm looking forward to the next episode as always. Best Seth. Thanks, Seth. What a cutie pie. You know, you know, Seth was actually the name uh, that I gave myself when I was on <laughs> Pokemon forums. I remember this. Yeah, so I was known as Seth the Pokemon trainer. Was it because you thought Seth was just a cool name or was it a reference to something? So it was a reference to the name that my character It was had. a reference to the name Seth. <laughs> <laughs> because was, I thought it was cool. <laughs> it was a reference to um the name that my care I always gave my character in my Pokemon games. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I gave my character that in Pokemon games is because when I got Pokemon Silver and I was like, I don't know, 10 years old, uh, I just chose one of the automatic names. Oh. I, I used to I used to think that those names meant something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like so I was like, oh, I want to pick one of the chosen names. Because like, there must be a reason they said these were the good ones. There must be a reason ones. they chose these Recommended. names. Recommended. Yeah, I don't want to write my own name in. Yeah. Because I, I don't know. That's like ordering from the top five most popular items in an Uber Eats order. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like I, I wanted to. I didn't want to build my own. Like, <laughs> what pizza. if I got the name wrong? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't want to. Yeah, I didn't want to build my own. I wanted to to make to what use one of the chef chef designed uh, names, <laughs> and I just kept using that name even after it became a drop down name because it yeah. just was the name I picked. And then I only later learned that it was like like a name that real people had <laughs> yo seth like the pokemon guy <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly exactly our seth writing in today wants to know how we get over that fear of putting ourselves online like what if there's not even a market for what we want to create i think that's a really interesting question because i would say bet more so than any other time in history especially when it comes to artistic production there is someone yeah the people are there like i mean the demographic definitely exists seth it's just a case of you shifting your values and Jarvis, you can speak to this more keenly than I can right, as right. A, a YouTuber. But I would have to assume that at this point in your creative career, 
finding your demographic is secondary to just producing the content. I would say that's true. I think first and foremost, you want to focus on the content that you want to make because there's just too many things to optimize if you're also trying to get the marketing right. You're also trying to be original and yeah. all this other stuff. Um, so, Seth, I would say just start putting stuff out. And if nobody sees it, then great. There are no expectations on you and you're able to develop your skill set in the dark. And then when you start thinking about that marketing and positioning and stuff, you're going to be a much more polished creator. Uh, you're going to be a much more polished creator when you do uh, get some eyeballs on your content. But that's the thing about producing content of any kind for the first time. Almost always, the stakes are actually a lot lower than they feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the worst case scenario, and I'm talking worst case scenario, you put out a video, you're not totally happy with the final product, you didn't like how you looked on camera, and you weren't totally satisfied with the script, guess what? You just got better at all of those things. Yeah, yeah, You just yeah. up-leveled your skills in like five areas. And if nobody saw the video, then nobody's judging you. If people did see the video, then you're getting feedback. There's like no negative result. Yeah, there is There is almost definitely no negative result. Uh, case in point, up until like last week, there were three YouTube videos of me singing songs on a separate YouTube channel that I've never talked about with anyone. Excuse you? They each, <laughs> I know, they each had like 20, 30 views on them no comments basically no one saw these videos and i had known that they existed and were on youtube this whole time and and that didn't impact me in any way because no one saw them the the tree fell in the forest and no one was there to hear me sing uh alex claire's too close which was the song from uh that one microsoft internet explorer commercial oh. it was like and now you don't need the channel because it's recorded on your podcast. Really I really want to buy Internet Explorer. Yeah. Uh, it was just I, I just couldn't get over the fact that it had it was a guy singing and then it had the wub 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 wub. <laughs> uh, it, anyway, so uh, and I was doing this acapella with like my laptop microphone. It was horrible. And, and no one saw it, and that was great, and it doesn't impact me in any way. Um, and then I made different videos at other times, and people saw them, and NBD. And the thing about markets, I want to tell you a secret, Seth. You are a market of yourself, right? So if you make content that you like, then there's a high chance that people who like stuff that you like will like your content. And if you think that's unlikely that there are other people who like the same intersection of stuff that you like, well, you got to that intersection of things that you like by living a life yeah, and, and tumbling through influences and interests and stuff. And that experience is so common. Not that you're not a unique snowflake, you know, but like we all like Jordan and I have so many things in common and we met when we were fully formed adults Yeah, after like living lives in different countries you know yeah and and uh and there's so many more um like and by virtue of you listening to this show we know you have good taste well yeah and, and that that you share something in common with us you know so yeah i would watch your content seth that's yeah. two right there that's yeah. two boys it sounds good i i want more um tech people doing fashion stuff i think that would be sick oh yeah i mean here's so here's my thing here's where i'm standing seth here's where i'm at Regardless of project, regardless of project type, the very fact that you are the kind of person that would be so self-aware and overly self-analytical when it comes to the quality of your content, whether you should pursue it, who, should, who it should appeal to, what your market is, 
by definition, you are the kind of person that should be making the content. Yeah. Do you, there are so many YouTubers. All the YouTubers you see that, that generate no interest and their content doesn't really operate are the kind of people that only care about that. It's not something yeah, that they yeah. value. It's not something they obsess over. Seth, you have a brain made for this. Yeah. You just need to start doing it. The momentum is the hard part. It's yeah. kind of like trying to kick up a car uh, at the top of a hill. Yeah. You've got to push it just a little far on flat land yeah, until yeah, the yeah. momentum carries you forward. No foot on the gas. You just need to get the ball rolling. Yeah, I mean, like, now that I'm thinking about that, I, that email totally could have come from me, like, last year. Oh, for sure, yeah. Because uh, I, like, had a lot of this, you know, similar um, background and just, like, wasn't sure what the market was, wasn't sure how I wanted, what I wanted to put my name on and all this stuff. And it's it's far simpler than you imagine. You know, you, you, you don't do it all at once. And that's why it ends up being simpler. Um, well, this is, basically everything in here is a quote directly from my conversation, including uh, uh, attending Massachusetts College. Yeah. <laughs> everything in here is a direct quote from pre-Sad Boys first recording. Yeah. Like the episode we've talked about where we come up with the idea for the podcast, who our demo is, what our audience is, why we would like to listen to a show like that, kicks off with like, maybe it's recorded, maybe it isn't, but a conversation of, would people actually listen to the show? If we yeah. did a show, would people give a shit about that? Yeah. And apparently the answer is yes. Right? Bafflingly, people do for some reason. Um, and we did it for a while without anybody listening. So That's very true. Um, we wish you the best, Seth, and definitely send us some of your content. Yeah. When you do start YouTubing, because we want to see it. Seth, you've got two. You've got two audience members right here. You've got two expectant audience members. They bought tickets. They're sitting in the row. you got to put something on, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm Hit ready to go. We will, we'll watch it immediately. We will love it. And we'll give it a shout out on the podcast. Yeah, we will. Uh, tweet it at us, whatever. Send it via contact form, whatever. You yeah, live your just, life. Yeah, Seth. just make it, and and that's all you got to do, Seth. Chase your bliss, bro. Uh, to clean up, to clean up. What's wrong with me? <laughs> In general, I, I wasn't sure if that was just like a phrase that you use back home. Yeah, I mean that's always the risk. <laughs> I have a final nice, tasty mailbag note for you, Jarvis. Okay, this has been fun. I like this. Yeah, we should do, do this again. Do, uh, do y'all like this? Do you want more uh, mailbag episodes? Well, send in pen pals and we'll just do more of these. Yeah, if we get a lot of messages, we'll be talking all about them. I mean, one of the reasons we wanted to do a mailbag episode and maybe make this a little sub-series is because half of the fun is receiving them, half of the fun is saying something back. I don't want us to be a show where we're just receiving notes and reading them anonymously and not commenting. Yeah. We try and reply to everything we get. We're still working through a little bit of yeah. a backlog. I mean, a couple of videos ago, I, I went and found like a podcast that I sent a poem to yeah. that was about Dragon Ball Z in 2007. Uh, and like that, I remember when I heard my name on that, that shit was oh so meaningful. And and it stands to reason that like in 2018, when I was like, ah, yes, let me go find the specific episode of an 11 year old podcast where I'm on it, <laughs> you know? So uh, if we I literally have that value for even one person. I'm done. I'm yeah. Thumbs up turkey's roasted yeah i mean like we haven't even touched on the fact that one of the people earlier wrote in and said that they have listened to every episode on spotify and it's like what good lord we're now one of those shows where people are going back and like binging all the episodes damn respect i honestly have never heard an episode of sad boys i don't see the appeal and i'm glad other people do um yeah and i haven't either i basically the way i edit the show is by looking at the waveform and um just editing out the parts that don't look good. They don't look funny. They don't look funny, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you see a waveform in the shape of like a whoopee cushion, you'll be like, that's got to be good. Yeah, yeah, That must be, be funny. That's got to be good. Final pen pals note of the day comes from our good friend. I say that. I have no idea who she is, but she seems nice. Her name is Christina Percy. What, should I do an, a voice or accent for Christina? 
Um, give it to me in the voice of Bane. Oh God! You know what? I've been honing this for years for this very moment. Hang on, let me get a mug. Okay, I've got my mug. I have my tools, my Bane tools. <laughs> Sounds about right. Hey, Sam boys. First off, <laughs> it's so echoey. I'm just gonna use my head. First off, where has this beautiful, glorious content been all my life? I am ashamed to have discovered you guys so late. I'm not sure if this has already been answered, but what's your favorite video games from when you were younger? No pun intended. I'm definitely not Bane anymore. Not sure who this guy is at all. <laughs> I was still kind of close to Bane. I was, I was Bane-ish. Uh, um, I hope to one day be as hilarious as you guys. Oh, thanks, Christina. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> as, you, as you take away the Bane cup yeah, oh, and turn yeah. off the voice. Hmm. I was uh, born in the darkness is how she closes out her email. Interesting. Uh, thanks, Christina. That's really sweet. Christina Percy's uh, Twitter handle is I am Bane. <laughs> <laughs> forever. Forever. Ben forever. Bane, <laughs> Bane forever. forever. Uh, but yeah, she's asking what our favorite video games were when we were children. Now, Jarvis, you've already dropped a big old reference to Pokemon Silver. That's true. Hold on, wait. Didn't she say no pun intended about something? Is it... Yeah, what's your favorite video games from when you were young? No pun intended. Is it like when you were young by the killers or Adele? Well, I mean, this could work in any sentence because there was no pun intended and there is no pun. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Jarvis. You look great today. No pun intended. intended. (laughs) That's kind of like how a robot would communicate. (laughs) Yeah. Jarvis, you look fantastic. Sarcastic remark. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, no, it's it's like like how a a computer would generate a sentence because it has uh, no syntactical impact on the meaning of the sentence, but like they don't know that it, that it like, is really confusing. <laughs> Pun status non. <laughs> yeah. Nope. It's like no. It's just like a nothing phrase that you could add to the end. Well, like, Christina, uh, you, that's the way the cookie crumbles. You might, in fact, be more hilarious, and that's because we don't know what the pun is. But hey, yeah. Props to you, Christina. Oh my gosh. Favorite video game from when you were young. Um. Now it's got to be. Uh, this NES classic called No Pun Intended. Oh, yeah? Yeah. By uh, No Pun Nintendo. No no, no <laughs> Pun Nintendo, yeah. Yes, the Super Pun Nintendo. S- super Pun Nintendo. Sorry, No Pun Nintended. Right. Um, no, that, that's a dumb joke. I'm not going to include that. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to be as funny as us. Fuck, axe this from the show. <laughs> You've succeeded. Um, let's see, favorite game from when I was a kid. Uh, do you have one? I do. All right, why don't you... Why don't you go? I will. Um, so I people know this if they've listened to all the episodes, but for anybody that doesn't know, bit of a fan of game design. I've always in, uh, adored video games as a art form and as a like uh, the di- the design philosophy surrounding them. Right, they're fascinating. Um, to be totally honest, I studied film because I felt self conscious about it. If I was cool, I probably would have just studied video games. In retrospect, loved film, but damn, games are cool. It was film like the safe choice for you like a uh, cool video game i want to it's like i want to I, I really want to study music but i'm going to be a lawyer and yeah. yours is like i mean i really want to <laughs> study video games, games but, but i need a secure film. career <laughs> i need i need an adult career that people will respect <laughs> let me tell you of the french new wave <laughs> yeah uh but yeah i would say uh so there are various games that sit in pockets of games that i <laughs> admire and may not have loved as a kid and then there are games that to this day i would still play and adores as a kid so like Dynasty Warriors, I was really into when I grew up. That's just, Dynasty Warriors for uh, all you uh, plebeians. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I was a huge fan of that series for a long time, largely just because uh, I was obsessed with the art style. That's often what happened to me as a kid, is I would play games and fall in love with single aspects, especially around the PS2 era where there are like 45 games released every week. Right, right, right. And I would just fall in love with some mechanic or system or art style and then obsess over it. But the one game that I would always harken back to is like the favorite of my childhood years, when I was maybe 11, 12, yeah. is Psychonauts. Do you ever play Psychonauts? I didn't. Psychonauts is a is action Bioware? adventure yeah. platformer. It's by um, Double Fine. Double Fine, right. Tim Schafer's, who I believe is in SF. They do some game jams here sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's an action adventure platformer designed by a fellow named Tim Schafer and a company named Double Fine that is just so hard to describe. Should have picked a different game. Uh, but yeah, it's amazing. I highly recommend people play it. I believe you can get it on PC right now. Uh, the whole conceit of the game is that you play a little kid that is psychic in a world of psychics, where some people are psychic, some people aren't, but psychic entailing everything from telekinesis to being able to project fire with your mind to reading minds, all sorts of things like that. Right, right, right. And it is, uh, I would call it like Burton-esque, Tim Burton-esque. Okay. I don't want to, it's not derivative by any means. It's very distinct. Right, right, right. If I were to like draw a clear artistic parallel, if it would definitely like be like- If you were like the Netflix recommendation algorithm. Yeah, I would say, oh, enjoyed Nightmare Before Christmas. Have you tried Psychonauts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so anybody that enjoys those kind of aesthetics, it plays okay. It's definitely aged mechanically, but if you can get behind really, really nice art style, witty writing, and uh, really fun, memorable characters, give Psychonauts a shot, especially since- Psychonauts 2 comes out in some point in the next couple of years. Oh, wow. We got kickstarted maybe two years ago. Wow. Let's get ready. This is not a sponsored post. <laughs> no, but if you want it to be, feel free to reach out and fare some money, advertisers. So I, I was thinking about I was thinking about mine as you were talking. And I, um, well, first I want to get off the top of my head that when you're talking about French New Wave, I w- was real close to making a Truffaut pun. Oh, that would have been great. Uh, I just couldn't, you started talking and I couldn't quite come up with a thing to interrupt you with. <laughs> like uh, uh, like you thought someone was your enemy, but this is your Truffaut. Uh, oh boy, that's good. I know one listener that laughed at that. Yeah, and his yeah. name is Kadeem. So uh, when you were talking, it, it I started thinking about sad boys and video games and like the feeling. Of, of things right like uh in in video games invoke this like feeling of nostalgia and uh can invoke this feeling of fear and sure. happiness just all of the span all of the entire you can run the entire gamut of emotions oh it's and, got the greatest palette in art and and i think that part of that is because of how your focus can change when you're engaged in a video game much like much like film much like a book um when you've zoomed in your world to that screen, that is the highs are your highs, the lows are your lows, right? Yeah. It like doesn't matter like what's going on if you're like going through a tough time in your life or what have you. Well, video games allow you to experience empathy instead of sympathy, and that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. And um, a game that I f- remember so fondly and remember feeling so many emotions playing uh, was Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Oh, good pull. Yes, yeah. dude. Now, this game is very interesting for a number of reasons. For one, it's following what is considered one of the best games of all time in Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. And it's also known for being a very dark story. Yeah. The premise of Majora's Mask is that the world is ending. This this prankster kid ends up in possession of this mask keeper's 
cursed mask and causes the moon to come hurtling towards the earth or comes hurtling towards termina which is like the, the land that you yeah. live in in the game and which is bad yeah they don't want the moon to be on it and so there's so many like just the atmosphere of this game is apocalyptic mm. like you the moon is falling towards the planet and it's got a face and it looks like real sinister like it hates you yeah and it, it, it essentially the premise of the game is that this is happening and you have three days to save the world and you do so by going to the homes of these four giants i think and beating their temple or whatever and getting their agreement to basically hold up the moon and prevent it from um prevent it from crashing down on the planet but you literally have to fail at that so many times in order to beat the game. Yeah. So you watch the world in multiple so times. many times. And you watch this cutscene of like the moon falling in and destroying all of these people who you've like seen their like relationships develop and stuff. And it's just like, oh my god, even thinking about that, I'm like getting emotional. And you're playing a child. And you're playing a child. Um and I think part of it is that every time you so basically the world has to end a number of times before you can save the world. And you always start back in the same town and at the same time. And, you know, like like a ch- you hear like a the clock and like a rooster and you get all your groundhog day moments. You get all the groundhog day moments and you see all these people who are hopeful and like living their lives and they have no idea of like what's about to befall them. And uh yeah, I just like that game like made me feel so many like emotions yeah video games have always had this kind of weird relationship with the genre where genre historically has been representative of of systems like oh i'm playing an fps right it's like that doesn't really describe the emotional palette of the experience it just describes that that'd be like uh, the gameplay you can do a bunch of different things with a car right oh i'm doing car like nascar or grocery shopping like that could be anything um, so often we'll refer to things in, in those senses, or even when we say horror, what we're really talking about is a, uh, most recently, like a survival horror style game where you don't have access to a lot of weapons and you need to hide away from enemies that are more powerful. You right, just like right, right. a lot of traditional tropes. The really kick-ass thing about Majora's Mask, and uh, one of the reasons I love it too, though it's been a really long time since I played, I hope it's available. I assume there's yeah, maybe so, a Switch version you can Yeah, so nap. so yeah, it, it came out on 3DS uh, as a, oh, re- a complete yeah. remaster. Uh, and that's awesome. Oh, I could go for that. Yeah, I, uh, I actually played it uh, a few years ago um, when I was in San Jose interning at Google. We didn't go out into San Jose because it's kind of like a boring town and we were in like the middle of nowhere in it. And... I, I got a ROM of Majora's Mask and I got a like a high res texture pack for it. Oof. And it just like li- it like made the graphics look really good. Uh and we just like played through it on um on this emulator on the TV every day after work. But it is incredible cuz like mechanically systematically it is not the same but it's a very similar game to Ocarina of Time. It yes. controls the same, yes. combat operates the same, that yep. whole Z targeting bullshit is just as bad as it ever was, but like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of it's very similar, but the fact that just through art design, pacing and et- like uh, encounter design, the way that encounters flow, the pacing of encounters, that kind of stuff, can turn it into a completely different genre. It almost felt indie in that way. Yeah, like, absolutely. It, it feels like one of those games that is a mod of another game. <laughs> yeah. You know? Because, one of those creepy ROM hacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you put Slender Man in your, like, Mario Bros. 3. Yeah, the only thing... 
So technically, now we haven't talked about the technical achievement of this game, which is one, it was turned around in a year, which in game design, especially for blockbuster games, especially following the smash hit that Ocarina of Time was, is unheard of. And Ocarina of Time not only was a smash hit, but redefined what like action adventure engine was. There was no equivalent of the way you played that game. Yeah, so the fact that they were like reusing resources in the creative way that they did uh, and were able to create this new experience that felt so dramatically different from Ocarina of Time. The whole thing about Ocarina of Time is it's this big world and there are all these dungeons that are so fleshed out. And it's like Majora's Mask has a lot of that, but you're spending a lot of time in this one town talking to the same people over and over and over again. And because of the narrative framing device of the game... It never feels old. You just feel urgency. Hmm. The only thing that the game added was it needed more RAM, like that red RAM pack that you would add in the uh, into the N64 just for like more draw distance Yeah, in the game. That was like the only thing, just because like there was a lot of fog. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah. Um, Dude, video games are so cool. Video games are really cool. I gotta play more. Yeah, same. More I haven't frequently. played a video game in so long. Uh, but, but yeah, thanks, Christina. Christina killed it. Christina Percy herself. And you know what, Christina? I bet you are pretty hilarious, actually. So, there you go. I bet. I can't do it. Oh, my God. Bane, what's wrong? There's a boy down the well? I'm Bane. (laughs) (laughs) Bruce is stuck down with the bats? (laughs) I I, at one point knew how to do a Bane voice, and I just cannot remember how to access it. I imagine Tom Hardy's in a very similar position. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. God, did you see the new Venom trailer? No. Big thumbs down. Oh, no. Big, fat, chunky thumbs down. Was, I would love nothing more than to be surprised, but I'm not feeling optimistic. Wasn't the big thing about the first trailer is that Venom wasn't in it? Yeah, boy, in it. would it be better if he remained out of it? <laughs> <laughs> it just looks... It the, the term that came to mind as soon as I watched the trailer was necessary. Like, this movie was already in motion. The actors had been booked. The, right. the equipment and rigs had been set up. We might as well finish. Like, we it's, might uh, as well shoot it. It's like a, you're a quarterback on the field, and you're about to get sacked, and uh, you're throwing motion. You're like, well, the ball's already out of my hands. I may as well continue following through with my arm, even though my team is going to lose 30, 40 yards on yeah, this play. We're trained to do this. We might as well keep kicking. Yeah, it yeah, it yeah. feels that exact way. And yeah. nothing against Tom Hardy, but I love that guy. He hams it up something proper in uh, this More one. like Tom Hardly, am I right? <laughs> Wait, he won't be on the show now. Oh. Tom, come I was back. kidding about Venom. Come back. Oh, come on. I'll be a symbiote. Oh, he's knocking on the Ira glass. He also can't uh, pronounce symbiote. That's like a common thing in the trailer. He keeps calling it like a symbiote or something or oh. a symbiote. <laughs> It's like a bunch of AV Club articles about it. <laughs> like, did nobody tell him? <laughs> yeah, he's surprised. It's like he filmed the whole movie. There was a director there and everything. Also, I totally noticed this. I wonder if people notice it. If I mean, I'm sure they do when I do an American accent. But if people notice this in America when they watch English people do American accents, it's so distracting to me. Yeah. Not because I know that they're English, but the version of American accent you hear. This is not like Hugh Laurie house tier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like uh, community theater public production of yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, Streetcar Named Desire. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. like a guy from Northampton who's like, oh, get over here to my car. It's oh, just, yeah. Ugh. Well, yeah, it's the same thing in reverse, right? Like when, it, yeah, it, it's like super distracting when, when someone's bad. Yeah, dude, we saw uh, a movie last night. I'm not going to co- say what it is because it's a spoiler, kind yeah. of. Uh, but we saw a movie and uh, Peter Dinklage is in it. And there is a moment where uh, he does his Tyrion voice. He does an equivalent of his Tyrion voice. And his Tyrion voice is the funniest shit in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Game of Thrones, but it just, 
that it doesn't sound like any accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nobody sounds like that. Um, yeah. Jamie Lannister is Norwegian, I want to say, possibly Swedish. Oh, he's Scandinavian. The and, actor. Yeah, and his accent is flawless. Sounds perfect. Yeah, yeah. And you've got Tyrion Lannister like. I had to get out of the store. <laughs> you hated me more than any of my siblings. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds ludicrous. Uh, well, it's, is 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 it is there a chance that it's like an old like 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 thing that you know like have you ever read the Canterbury Tales? Sure, and it's maybe just he's like, reading. Vonded up a little bit of short of shoot. Yeah, he's reading in like uh, tenured English, but it actually just sounds like. <laughs> Especially amongst his peers. He'll be speaking with his family and they're like, we must deal with the Starks as soon as possible. Yes, I will rally the troops. <laughs> yes, we must get the troops as soon as we can. Do you know how to get them? <laughs> we are all the same. <laughs> <laughs> One of these is not like the other. Which of them? Because clearly it's not me. <laughs> Wait, my, who do I sound like? You sound like Bane. <laughs> the bat. It's me. Bane. <laughs> Hey. Oh, wait, is this the voice? I have no... No, you know who I am? I'm a mad scientist from a cartoon. You do. You sound like every Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> Tune in to the Powerpuff Girls <laughs> this morning at 10 a.m. PST. Mm, I'll get you, He-Man. <laughs> I will put a vial into another vial. <laughs> and then I will defeat my vile enemies. <laughs> because of evil. <laughs> Man, we should do some voices. We should we should voice act. Put us on your cartoon, please, if you're making hey. one. So that's about all for our pen pals special episode. Mailbag spectacular. I want to thank everyone who wrote in, everyone who continues to write in. Um, if we didn't read your message today, you might still hear it we're on the normal our, show. We're doing our best. We're trying. Yeah, we do. We do one per week normally. And if you want to hear more like this, feel free to uh, let us know. You can include that in your pen pal submission. Exactly. And if I wanted to submit a pen pals, Jarvis, what the hell would I do? How would I do that? Well, if you want to submit a pen pals, there's a number of ways. Pick your poison. One, sadboyspod.com. Correct. And that's it. That is actually the best one. Because that sends it directly via a little contact form and it wakes up the server in the White House. It wakes up the server and it's, I haven't heard that name and well, since you're sending them all in quite frequently now, <laughs> I, I guess I can... Talk to my family again. I haven't heard that name since earlier today, when I also heard that name. Since since I heard it on the Powerpuff Girls. Bane, Bane what's wrong, man? Are you okay? I love Batman. <laughs> That's his famous trait, yeah. He's in love with Batman. Um, but if you want to email us an audio attachment or just don't like the website, I don't know why that would be a Kind of messed up. Email us at sadboyspod at gmail.com and while doing so as Jarvis mentioned you can add an audio file and if you do so you become like a de facto third guest of the show because we'll play it live react to it for the very first time on mic and we'll have a nice little convo and you can play like that clip and you can be like look listen to this podcast I do with my friends exactly <laughs> every week and your audio sounds completely different yeah 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 <laughs> and super spacey <laughs> it's like well I, I record outside in a car yeah and you could just record a number of phrases and then we'll integrate them into the show <laughs> yeah. you be like haha yes I do enjoy hanging out <laughs> that's our friend Joe he records inside of a metal box <laughs> <laughs> and there is sad boys pod on Twitter you can DM us or you can just tweet at us live if you want to I mean hey that would always yourself. be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have a convo with you. Um, I would, one of these days, like to record an episode live. Oh, cool. And like get live comments going in. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah we yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah. We could do our normal setup and just like also stream it. Sounds like a blast. If you want to do that, give us a shout. Jarvis, I don't like sad boys. How do I just get one of the sad boys, my favorite one, Jarvis Johnson? Oh, 
Well, that's nice. It's nice to be the favorite. Well, I mean, I'm playing a character. Obviously, that would never happen. But <sighs> okay. theoretically, if somebody was so wrong that they liked you more than me, where would they go? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Jarvis, just my first name. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Magic Jarvis. Follow me on there for sweet photos. I post a lot of Sad Boys-related photos. That's there, true, too. yeah. Um, and and on YouTube, um, youtube.com slash Jarvis Jonathan. And you just released a pretty kick-ass video that people should check out. What's it called, Jarvis? <laughs> Okay, sorry. Live breaking news in the Sad Boys' home. We're recording out of my uh, studio apartment, and there is a collection of birthday balloons floating past my window right now. And and earlier there was, and earlier there was confetti like that was just falling from the yeah, sky. Ash-colored confetti, <laughs> making yeah. it look like there was some kind of fire. Oh, it's floating I, down. Well, I think it's going to land. At least they're not going up. You know, it's probably for the best. Okay, looks like they're just going to land in that tree. Alrighty then. Wow. And that's pollution. <laughs> <laughs> and, they've and that's how it happens. All right, cool. And rip ozone layer. Good one. A homeless man is about to get an incredible surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> um, Jordan. Ah. How might... Uh, now, if you're the favorite and they don't like me, which if. I think is the truly the actual <laughs> most likely scenario, um, where can they find you? Um, I mean, if you want more Jordan Cope in your life, you can follow me, Jordan, uh, A-D-I-K-A, one word, on basically everything. I don't know why you would. Uh, I'm trying to get better at Instagram, by which I mean I'm just posting pictures of my cat. Uh, they're doing quite well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Go over I, there if you ever want to know. When you hear in the background chewing and you want to see what creature is making that or happen. A, or a rogue meow. A rogue meow. You can go check out Diva at uh, Jordan Adika on Instagram. Outside of that, nothing. Jordan, we end every episode of Sad Boys with a particular phrase. While standing up. While standing up. Which we are doing. Let's kick it off. And this time, I want everybody to shout it as they listen to the show. We're going to do the musical version. <gasps> oh, okay. Do you want to just do it impromptu? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We love you. And, and we're, we're sorry. sorry. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> that was fun.